joining us today in our book talk segment. We're uh, happy to welcome a man who's written a very interesting book. It kind of uh, tackles uh, difficult uh, topics, but uh, provides some uh, answers, too. It's called Moving Working Families Forward, Third-Way Policies That Can Work. We're joined today by a professor from uh, Brooklyn College up in uh, New York, Robert Cherry, today, who uh, is the co-author of the book, and they joined us by uh, telephone today. Robert, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Well, thank you for having me. Always good to talk to somebody from Brooklyn. <laughs> or New York, or, or, or any of the above. Yeah. How, how are things up in the city? <laughs> good, good. Uh, the weather's uh, been good, and um, can't complain. You're really kind of in the laboratory uh, of, uh, of a political hotbed, and I guess a lot of these, uh, you know, the, the the ideas you put forward in the book, uh, you're kind of in the middle of it up there. I know uh, every city has these problems, but New York is uh, kind of leads the way, I suppose, right? Well, it only has uh, problems for uh, working-class people. Uh, much of what's been talked about are housing issues, which the book talks a little about, but uh, the real issue was uh, the kind of earnings they have, and particularly that happens to young working-class uh, men and women. You're a professor of economics, I should have mentioned that at the top, and obviously economics, everybody uh, has their own personal economics, and, and uh, you talk a lot in the book, like you said, about housing and, uh, and other issues. Uh, first of all, what kind of gave you the uh, the motivation at this point to, to write the book? Well, uh, what has uh, really been uh, a source of concern has been um, the splitting of the country into the top 25% professionals, like myself, uh, who have pretty decent lives. And their children, uh, my children, have pretty decent lives. But then you have this lower tier of 30% that uh, not only have been left behind, but their lives have become uh, uh, very complicated, very problematic, uh, not stable jobs, not stable relationships. And so... I really wanted to look more closely at this lower 30%, uh, uh, which is really working people, people who don't have a four-year college degree and uh, don't have a lot of money and increasingly have disorganized families. Uh, so that's really an important thrust in the book. Would you say it's it's worse today than maybe 25, 30 years ago, or, or we just hear well, more about worse. it? Or I it, mean, it is worse, you think? Yeah. It's worse. I mean, what often people look at is the decline in manufacturing. Before, because for working class families, for many of them, manufacturing was an entry level uh, position with a modest amount of overtime. You could live leave a middle-class standard of living, uh, and with sort of the collapse of traditional manufacturing, uh, there's a whole class of people that uh, have been left behind. Yeah, I think we've just seen a great example of that up in Detroit. I know there's other issues, too, but obviously that was the uh, you know, place yes, with, with uh, uh, car factories for so many years, and 
that's pretty much all gone, right? Yeah, and the kind of manufacturing that's being developed, and there's actually been an expansion of manufacturing in the last uh, three, five years, is substantial, but it's not brute labor. People need technical programs. Uh, I know in Florida, they're pretty positive about the career and technical education programs, mm-hmm. but that's, that's even around the country, and particularly in urban areas. Uh, there's uh, too much of an emphasis on everyone getting a four-year degree, which people don't get. And it's particularly true of young black men. You know, 50% of them don't graduate high school. Uh, you know, maybe a, at most a quarter of those who graduate high school get four-year degrees. I mean, they're really being left behind. And career and technical training programs are important, and also the issue about marriage. Uh, you know, raising kids in a single-family environment, a single-parent environment, is just risky. It's not the fault of the women uh, who have these kids because, you know, with the collapse of jobs, many of the men that they associate with just don't have stable situations. But the bottom line is that that kind of a milieu, uh, we think of it much as a black milieu, but it's increasingly white. Uh, It's just uh, a formula for uh, disaster in lots of cases. And uh, so we have to really do something about the family formation issues as well as uh, career and technical training. Yeah, you talk a lot about in the book uh, about about the family and, 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 like you said, education. And I guess also, uh, you know, the, the last election we had, there's a lot of debate on, you know, what the government should do or shouldn't do. And you, you kind of provide some down-the-middle uh, solutions, which are a combination of private and, and public uh, sector uh, assistance, if, if I can use that word. Uh, is that accurate? Yes, uh, you know, it, it uh, understands that there should be certain personal responsibility involved, that the government shouldn't give money, no strings attached, but that uh, if you correctly develop technical training programs, uh, they can be very successful. Uh, and in terms of marriage issues, uh, One of the problems is the government really penalizes single women with children if they get married. Uh, The government says, you know, if you work and make 15 grand a year, um, we'll give you benefits. We'll give you an earned income tax credit, a child credit. We'll give you housing stuff. You know, we'll give you stuff if you're working. Uh, But if you marry a working man... We're going to take away all of those benefits. And that could be $10,000. And, you know, you create a kind of problem where uh, it's really costly for not wealthy people to get married. And I'm involved with uh, efforts to try to change the federal tax system so there aren't these marriage penalties. Uh, uh, 
you know, there are other things. I mean, ultimately, if more working class men had stable jobs, there'd be a higher marriage rate. So, uh, but at least the government should stop penalizing people for get working class people for getting married. Mm. Uh, so that those are the kinds of things that the book articulates, and uh, you know, hopefully, someone will listen. Yeah, I was interested in, in one chapter in particular when you talk about the community college. I know there was somebody on, I think on some reality show, he made a comment about we're training a lot of you know students to do jobs that uh, you know aren't really going to be there uh, you know now or in the future. And, and I guess community colleges are kind of facing that issue. Uh, you know, do, do you tr do you train somebody for a particular job that you know, may just be a dead end job? Or I know you talk about that in the yeah. book as well. Yeah. There certainly was a history of that in the 70s and 80s, and, uh, you know, you train someone to be a printer. You know, that wasn't uh, a good, uh, you know, future outlook. Uh, but particularly in the health professional areas, those jobs are expanding. You know, radio, uh, radiation technology, uh, you know, there's all kinds of jobs in the health area that need a technical training. As I mentioned... In manufacturing, there are expanding jobs, but you need certain computer skills, certain uh, certain technical skills. Uh, but those jobs are not only there; they pay a lot of money, and they're much better than someone just coming out of college with, you know, a general sociology degree or uh, uh, some of the the general liberal arts degree mm -hmm. degrees. Uh, I mean, there there are a lot of technical-related jobs out there, health-related jobs out there, and the community colleges can be quite effective in training, but unfortunately, as you mentioned, there's a discouragement of going that direction, and somehow getting a four-year degree is... Uh, is what everyone should tr should strive for, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a shame. Are you optimistic, uh, Professor? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, we just came, well, like you said, came through know, a political think, season now, and you, know, you got both sides kind of fighting to well, I think, go their I think way. In the educational area, the Obama administration, I think, has begun to see that these career and technical tracks are really important. To develop, and when he goes around the country, he talks about it, but, but mostly in rural areas, not in the larger urban areas, and that's you know that's uh, somewhat of shortcoming. But the bottom line is, he's willing to put a significant amount of additional money into uh, these occupational training programs, both at the high school level and at the college level. In terms of family formation issues, I think there's an ambivalence uh, among liberals to promote the idea of marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, and until that changes, uh, I don't think there'll be effective policies to, to change uh you know, attitudes and uh, the economics of of marriage. Uh, and so I think we'll continue to 
have an increasing number of children born to women who are not married and don't get married. Uh, And I think that's long-term a problem. Yeah, it all does uh, emanate from uh, whatever family structure you have. You, you hope it's, uh, you know, mother and father and all that. But uh, whatever it is, you got to have a, a strong family unit, no matter what you do after that, or else you're really behind the eight ball from, from you know, whatever you do, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just difficult. And, uh, but, you know, until there's a somewhat change in attitude among liberals and until more working-class boys... And young men have stable jobs. It's hard to change marriage rates. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to end on a pessimistic note here. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I, reading uh, your book, it is. A, I mean, it's a hopeful, and I think it's optimistic the way you kind of lay yeah, it out. Yes, I'm a, I, uh, I like to be optimistic because, uh, you know, the alternative is just to grumble. And just, right. Uh, you know, and there's no upside to that. So, um, so I, I think particularly if the job situation changes for working class men, uh, there'll be progressive movement in this country. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, there are housing issues that are talked about in the book and immigration issues uh, that. Uh, you know, immigration is now a bit on the back burner, but I think it's important to reduce modestly the the immigration of educated individuals coming in the country mm. and reducing somewhat family unification, uh, which is the most generous in the world, uh, because not only does it put pressure on the low-wage labor market uh, for Native workers, but it creates a need for many more social services than the country is willing to pay for. Uh, so, I mean, we, we just shouldn't have as much low-wage and low-educated immigration as we do have. Uh, and, and some of the immigration bill, the long-term, forgetting about you know, what we're doing uh, about uh, the undocumented who are in the country. Uh, but the immigration bill does speak to this uh, in helpful ways. And uh, so I think that'll be, uh, we'll see what unfolds in the next year. Maybe nothing uh, on immigration, but, uh, you know, that that's a concern. Sure. Well, the name of the book is called Moving Working Families Forward, Third-Way Policies That Can Work. We've been talking with Professor uh, Robert Cherry today from uh, Brooklyn College, part of uh, City University of New York. And, uh, uh, Professor, give out a website. People can get a hold of this book. Well, the easiest, uh, my website is a long uh, website. The easiest, you go to Amazon.com. I don't know if I should give them a plug. Sure. But you go to Amazon.com, you click on... Uh, either my name or moving working families forward and uh, 
Finest Christmas gifts for your family. <laughs> <laughs> and it's spelled cherry, just like the uh, the, the berry, C-H-E-R-R-Y, so uh, type it right in there. Well, Professor, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you for a couple of minutes. I know we just kind of barely scratched the surface, but I hope uh, our audience uh, got a good taste of, of what's in the book. And, and again, you provide, uh, you know, it's it's not one side or the other. You, you write down the middle, and I think you provide some good uh, solutions. Ho hopefully the politicians will listen, too. <laughs> well, we can pray for... We can pray for that. <laughs> Thanks again for having me in uh, your audience. Great. Thank well. you, Professor. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the healthcare they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America.